Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Waifus and Weeaboos podcast, where I'm live right now on an afternoon stream on Twitch, where my name is Nick, as you all know by now, and we are doing my top 10 favorite males and females from the fall 2023 season. Honestly, the fall 2023 season was stacked with so many great characters. Um that this was actually a pretty like difficult list to choose from that were my top 10 for both of them like i usually don't have that many males uh I, usually my female list outweighs my male list by a large like majority but this season was definitely a big difference um in in scaling wise um while i while i did have a little bit more favorite female characters this year than males but the males definitely came in strong for this season um definitely some repeat males and females that stood out more this season than they did in their previous season so maybe we'll see one or the one or two of them on the list this year um but yeah we're live on uh twitch right now um just a reminder you could go follow the twitch it's free make a twitch account it's free follow it's free you get to know when i go live uh if you join the discord you get to know when i go live and do these episodes live uh, but if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, I think Google Podcasts is getting Thanos snapped to YouTube Music or whatever. But uh, wherever you're listening, I appreciate you um, and thanks for listening. So we're going to get right into it, um, starting off with our male characters of this season. Coming in at number 10, I have, let's see if I can do this, Yuzuki Hayato from the Yuzuki family's four sons. Um, Yuzuki ended up being like the mother, like the mother figure of um the th of his three younger brothers. I thought they did a decent job. Uh, I thought the show did a decent job developing his characters, and he, for me, felt more like um like I can relate to him more, which is weird because like I would like I you'd figure I would um I would have related. To, more to Mikoto or Minato, who are like the two middle brothers, but I related more to um, Hayato more than any of the other three, mainly because of his you know uh, responsibilities as an older brother. Even though I have an older an older sister and a younger sister, um, but Hayato's like Hayato's uh, uh, responsibilities as an older brother. But for me, I took it more as like okay, like I could see myself and him being like. A responsible adult taking like getting getting thrown this um hefty responsibility of now basically being a mom a dad and an older brother all in one um while still trying while like raising these young kids and going to work and you know taking like just dealing with like cooking cleaning like everything so um i just really like what they did with this character throughout the series and um yeah, I just loved him a lot. And that's why he came in at number n number 10 on my list. Coming in at number 9 was Andy from Undead Unluck. Um, I thought Andy was a very well-created character. Um, he's fun. He's enjoyable. I think he's a little too overpowered. Um, but I think his design is sick. There's not much more to say about Andy other than I just... I, I like the concept of him like just trying to find like the best like he's trying to find he's trying to find a way to die which i think is a pretty cool concept but like his design and everything is just pretty badass 
Um, there's not much more to say. He's just cool. He's just fucking cool. Uh, coming in at number eight, I had Ijo Rentaro. Um, Rentaro was a great, you know, Rentaro was like the, uh, was the, um, is like the knock on most male uh, harem MCs. But like he, like, he, like, instead of like going against the harem, he, like, he, like, welcomed it, which is what I enjoyed about, um, which is what I enjoyed about him a lot. Um, yeah, he just, he, he was just like, okay, you want to be my girlfriend? Okay, we're in. But, like, he had, obviously he had a reason to it, because, like, if not, like, they would die or whatever. So, like, the rules of, of 100 girlfriends who really, really love you, um, was pretty simple, but, like, it's all, it, it also made the show a lot more funnier, um, than, ha than what it should have been, in all honesty. Um, but yeah, uh, Rentaro definitely uh, one of my favorite characters of this season. Coming in at number eight. Coming in at number seven. For the little, for the little bit of screen time he got, he left a not a heavy impact on me, but an impact enough that like I really enjoyed him and I want to know more about him. And that's Eisen from Free Run. Like. We didn't get much of Eisen, but the amount that we got was so freaking good, in my opinion. Like, his views on Stark, like, his sit-down with Freyran when he was, like, telling her, like, I, like, it's the first time in my life that I got scared when talking about Stark. I thought that was awesome, and I think that only showed, like, how strong Stark is as an individual as well. Plus, if you're on, um, he, he, um, one of the things he said in the show was everyone who works hard is a warrior. <clears throat> I just found that to be like, so like, man, like, like just so fucking cool. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like you, if you work hard, you're working harder on your craft. Then like, then yeah, you're a warrior. Like you're like, you're, you're going all out for what you do. So I thought that was pretty cool. And that resonated a lot with me. So I hope we get more Aizen in free Rent. It's been great so far. Um, and he was, and like I said, the little bit of screen time he got just really like made an impact on me. Coming in at number six is is Alan Crawford, um, from the disgrace, giving the disgrace noble lady a crash course in naughtiness. I loved Alan a lot. I thought he was a great um, main character. I thought his his views on what was naughty and what was not naughty was pretty funny. Um, basically, just him like teaching her like there's a lot more teaching charlotte like there's a lot more to life than just like you know going by the book like you can eat desserts and be okay with yourself you can you know sneak out of the house late at night and be okay and like yeah you might get in trouble but like at the end of the day it's like it's like it's not a big deal as long as you're safe you know what i mean um i talked about the show i, I talked about um disgraced double lady a lot and like how it kind of fell off like towards a little bit like towards the end like 11 uh, 10 and 11 but alan and alan, alan and charlotte really made the show much more enjoyable for me so uh so that's why i had alan at number six coming in at number five um we're getting into this we're getting into the area <clears throat> we're getting into the zone of any one of these top five in i would say in the anime community um should be like these top five i think like where they are on my list like they could easily be number one on most people's list as well um but i had at number five i had gakuto 
Yuzuki from the Yuzuki family's four sons. Adorable as fuck. Um, way like way more intelligent and way more uh, mature than any I think like four or five year old kid should be. A five or six year old child should be. Um, and just super enjoyable throughout the show. Gakuto was awesome. He's he's. I don't think it's a debate that he's the best character in that show and that he's the best of the four brothers in that show. I don't think it's a debate. I think you can like like the other ones, which is fine, but I think Gakuto is the best character in that show um, because he's just so enjoyable and so damn cute too. Um, coming in at number four, and while, he, and, and while he did not have that big of an impact on this season... He made enough impact to where I had to put him in my top my top five. And that was Lloyd from Spy Family. I'm telling you, man, Lloyd on this ship, like, that shit made me laugh so hard when Anya was picking out clothes for him and he came out of that closet looking like the most ridiculous person in the world. That shit made me laugh so hard. Combine that with, like, him, like, Still doing spy shit, like disarming bombs, um, putting the face mask on, like all that sort of stuff was freaking awesome, in my opinion. Um, but 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 like I feel like like it's not even I feel like like Lloyd was in this Lloyd coming in at number four, like mainly just because he made me laugh so damn hard when he came out of that dressing room on the shit. So damn hard. Um, plus, there were moments where like he kind of questioned like what it means to be like a dad too so like i thought that was pretty cool oh and then oh man when they're in town and like fucking your like falls asleep oh man like i don't like ah oh, man i don't want to get too much into it but like if you watched season two of spy family you know what i mean it was phenomenal 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 uh we are uh, coming in at number three i have another repeat but like I could not keep him on the list because how fucking awesome he was this season. And that's Senku from Dr. Stone season four or part four, whatever you want to call it. Easily the best arc of Dr. Stone yet. Easily the best arc. Like there were times where I didn't like I, it just did not make sense to me. And, and not that it didn't make sense to me. It like there were times where like it looked like. Like things looked bad. That's the word I'm looking for. Things looked bad. And it wasn't just like, it's not like typical anime trope where it's like, they use like, it, 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 it's like the overpoweredness or they have like some special ability to like, to like overcome things. Like, it's Senku doing like legitimate like brain things, like math and like distance and, and just crazy shit that like, actually makes sense for it to happen like when things happened i was like that actually makes sense and they explain it the show does a great job explaining it in a way that like why it makes sense so senku really stood out for me this season it was just it was just awesome really strong season for senku um i thought he was phenomenal and that's why he was my third favorite male character of the season Coming in at number two was Stark from Free Ren. 
The dragon fight was phenomenal. The fight with the dragon was phenomenal, and I already knew he was going to be a top five character for me this season. But the dance, dude. The dance where he like takes on the role as like that noble's um, son. And he just dances with Fern, man. Like that scene is arguably one of the best moments in anime of this year. Arguably. I thought the dance scene was tremendously well done. Tremendously well done. Uh, and just kind of like his, like, he's like this, he's like, like this goaded, super strong guy, but like he's still got the mentality of a young man, which is what I like. He's not mature, and that's what I like. But you can see the maturity like progressing along. So, and that's called development, ladies and gentlemen. Contrary to popular belief. Stark's awesome. If it wasn't for number one, he would have been number one. But number one was Sid Kagano from The Eminence in Shadow season two. Like, ah, like, like this dude. Like, it's sometimes nice and refreshing to see a character just completely able to fuck shit up. But the way Eminence and Shadow does things is so good to the point where it's like, damn. Like, the, like they boost these other... Like, he's kind of like... um, I want to say he's kind of like Goku, but like, in, in that sense of like, you can see how powerful Goku was just by how quote-unquote weak these other fighters were. That's kind of what Eminence does. Like, you can see how strong Sid is by these other characters. Because these other characters are, like, they're strong as well. But, like, they, they can't hold a fucking candle to Sid. Plus, like, that combined with, like, Sid's, uh, chin, like, Chinubio syndrome. And, like, him wanting to, like, like, him wanting things to, like, go by, like, what he is planning. And sometimes they don't go according to the plan, which is what I like as well. And he's just like, oh, like, well, what do I got to do about this? Um, so, like, Sid's very enjoyable character. Arguably, top five, top five Isekai protagonists of all time. I would put him up there. I would, I would put that and the Eminence Shadow as a top five Isekai of all, of all time. Easily. Easily. Sid's easily a top five Isekai protagonist. And the Eminence and Shadow is easily a top five. Uh, Isekai of all time. Of all time. Um, <clears throat> and that rounds out my list for my top 10 male characters of the season. Or husbandos, whatever you're going to call them. Now we get into the waifus. Now we get into my favorite female characters of the season. Coming in at number 10, we have a show that's still going on, but I, I, I fell in love with her as soon as I met her, and she's a badass bitch. And that's Pencil Gone from Shangri-La Frontier. Um, first of all, hot as fuck. I mean, what can I say about that? But the fact that she's a player killer and like, like you learn about her, her out of game persona or like who she is out of game. And then you see her in game persona. And like that only builds 
on like how awesome of a character she is. Um, but I like the fact that they're bringing that they brought in uh, other game relationships into Shangri-La Frontier, which is what I liked. Um, and Pentagon up until like the like the midway point of the anime season was already great. But what she's doing now in the anime, like my love for her is only growing fonder or more fond, I guess you could say. But yeah, I love Pentagon. I think she's great. Coming in at number 10. Coming in at number 9, I talked about this show earlier. Um, and that's Charlotte Evans from The Disgraced Double Lady. Um, it's the Sayori Hayami effect for me. Really. But not really, because like I love Sayori Hayami. But like I really did love Charlotte. I thought it was a fresh... Um, I thought she was a fresh uh, breath of air to like the, you know, the quote-unquote captured princess or like the 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 noble who gets like you know cast aside or whatever um i thought she was i thought she had a fresh take uh on the genre um especially uh, especially because of like how um like she, she like she was used to she's used to like the top class like nobility and then once she meets um once she meets alan she gets basically thrown into this whole new world of naughtiness and 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 awesomeness and coolness and excitement so just her development uh as a person throughout the show was just phenomenal and and and, and i love shell shell it uh charlotte a lot so uh charlotte coming in at number nine coming in at number eight was karine or kaladene inda from 100 girlfriends who really really love you um I don't really like the Sundere archetype, um, but I think it was, I thought like the way she, like the way her character was built was really well done. It was like, haha, that's a it's actually pretty funny at times. Um, she, she made me laugh a lot throughout the show. She made me laugh a lot throughout a hundred girlfriends. Um, and I, I actually dug her character design. I dug like the like the like the big socks and everything and, and the twin tails and she was just adorable. She really was adorable throughout the whole show. Um definitely a lot more like where these characters were showing their love for Rentaro. Like she was definitely while she showed her love as well, she definitely had that sooner archetype of like pulling back a little bit. Um, but still expressing that love of, you know, in the Sundere way. So um, so I had Karine coming in at number eight, coming in at number seven was Shizuka Yoshimoto. All right. Shizuka. I'm going to say this. Shizuka is arguably the best character in a hundred girlfriends who really, really love you. Um, but she was not my favorite female from the show. She made me laugh so hard, though. She made me laugh so hard when she was flying through the air and, like, with the towel during, like, the, uh, during, like, the gorilla fight. That shit made me laugh so damn hard. That shit made me laugh so damn hard. Um, and just, like, her text-to-speech, like, I dug... That like she did everything like through a uh, through a phone and through the book that he made for her, and like how and that's how she communicated. I thought that was awesome. Um, 
But yeah, Shizuka coming in at number seven on my list. Coming in at number six was my favorite girl from 100 Girlfriends Who Really, Really Love You, and that's Nano uh, EI. Um, I thought she was great. I loved her character design. I love, like, her, like, the hair was cool. She reminded me a lot of Komi a lot, so I got that vibe for her. But, like, she made me laugh. Like, her and Shizuka made me laugh so fucking hard throughout the show, like, later on in the show. Like, the swimming pool episode where she was, like, dodging kicks from Karine was so funny. And then when they're going, um, they're going on the rescue mission and they hide behind the tree and she's got, like, her fucking arms up, like, tree branches. That shit made me laugh so hard. Um, and she's fucking hot. So it's like, what, like, you know, what more do you want from me? Um, so Nano coming in at number six. Coming in at number five was Fern from Free Ren. Um, love Fern's development throughout the show. She's a badass mage. The fight with her and uh, Stark, her and Stark fighting the two fucking dry, the two fucking demons, was incredible. Her training with Free Ren was incredible. Um. And the dance. Like, ah, like, what more do you want? Um, when she was sick and Free Run was holding her hand, that was super adorable. I just thought... I, I, I don't thought. Like, I'm still, I'm still in the process because the show's still going on. I think she's just awesome. <clears throat> and she's only gotten better, in my opinion, like, as the show's gone along this season. Um, and, I, and I'm excited to see more of her development. And I'm excited to see more of Fern as well. Uh... Coming in at number four is Best Dog Girl, Delta, from Eminence and Shadow. Uh, she, Delta finally got her time to shine this season, whereas in season one, she wasn't too... Uh, she wasn't too much... Like, she wasn't too... Uh, you know... She wasn't too in the limelight. Season two, she was definitely in the limelight. A lot. Um, a lot of great moments, like when she was riding on top of... Um, on Sid, like on the walk home... Uh, some good fights. The train fight was was fucking awesome. Uh, voice acting did a great job with Delta, and she's a fucking cute doggo. So like, I, like I cannot not have Delta in my top four. She's my favorite of the of the Shadow Girls. So Delta coming in at number four. <sighs> coming in at number three, and. This hurt my soul. It didn't hurt my soul a little bit. Look, these three that I'm about to say, right? I'm taking off my glasses for this, right? Because it's, it's hurting me a little bit. These three, easily, <clears throat> easily top one in anybody's book this season. Easily top one in anybody's book this season. So with that said... Coming in at number three is Mau Mau from the Apocrypha Diaries. I know. I know. All you Mau Mau lovers who have him as your number one, who have her as your number one, I get it. Alright? I get it. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. You have a character who, you have a main character who's not your typical sort of main character. She doesn't have, like, the proportions of a fucking, you know, balloon animal. She doesn't, you know, she's not tall. She's not quote-unquote beautiful. She is fucking beautiful, though. Don't, 
don't 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 sleep on Mamma's beauty, all right? With freckles and without freckles. She's fucking beautiful, right? She does not have like that main character like body structure wise. But that shouldn't deter like that's and that's one of the reasons why I love Mau Mau. She's so far off from like what a main character is, especially in like in, in this sort of anime, especially especially sort of what the Apocalypse Diaries is like. She's fantastic. I love when she goes fucking cat mode. I love when she goes fucking uh, rat mode. I call it rat mode. Like when she hisses, I call it rat mode when she gets like on the defense. I love it. Um, and I like how she's very like nonchalant with everything. Um, and like I'm, I keep pleading her case and like the more I keep pleading her, the more I'm like, man, I gotta, I, I should have put her higher, but I can't put her higher. I can't. It's 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 like I put her at three. She has to stay at three because it it was tearing me apart picking like these three for this season. It was tearing me apart picking these three for this season. Even number two, like I was going back and forth between number one and number two. Like I decided on Mao 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 number three. I was like, all right, Mao Mao, you're number three. Like it's rare that I have to go back and like watch different things or like watch you know. Like clips and and moments and 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 all that sort of stuff, um, and number two and number one was really close to a coin flip for me. It was close to a coin flip for me, um, but coming in at number two was your from Spy Family. Look, the um. The bodyguard arc, the, the boat trip arc, whatever you want to call it, was phenomenal from start to finish. Phenomenal. Her guarding that lady um, when she was like in the mask and shit and like doing stupid stuff was fantastic. When she meets um, the dude in the hallway with like the fucking chain and sickle and Anya's there watching her and she sees fucking Anya and Anya has the distraction. <laughs> and it was just so fucking funny and so fucking good. And then you go later in the sh like like she like she kind of gets fucked up, but like in this process, like in this transition of like, um, of like learning what her role is as an assassin, she also takes into consideration of like, um, you know, like do I really want to be a mother? Like I have to, and like do I really want to be a wife? Um, I have to get Lloyd's stuff back to him. I have to go help Anya with whatever. And she and she's dealing with these struggles, but then also like fighting fucking thirty bodyguards, like thirty like trained assassins as well. And she's kind of getting fucked up in the process. So we get to see a different side of your this season. Um, in regards to like, hey, she is like, she is capable of getting hurt. She is capable of getting cut. She is capable of being thrown off her game. And I think that only built... Because, like, uh, up until this point, for me, like... And I love you. I love her character design. Again, it's the Sayori Hayami thing for me. Um, But she seemed untouchable. Like, you look at the tennis... Like, you look at the tennis arc. 
And it's like, holy shit, like, this woman's strength is unbelievable. But the fact that we get to the boat arc, or this ship arc, whatever, and she gets damaged. Like, she gets hurt. She gets, like, she gets mentally off her game. Um, and I think that only builds onto how fucking awesome of a character she is. Um, I love Yor. She She's easily... One of my top 10 uh, favorite female characters of all time. Easily. It's not even a doubt. She might be even top 5 too. I love her. Coming in at number 1. Uh, again. It was. Um, it was a challenge. But for me. It came down to one scene. And one scene only. To put Free Ren as my number one female of the season. Like I've been saying, I love Yor. And 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 I put Yor uh back when Spy Family came out, I put Yor at number two, uh, because Kudumi from Day Day Live, that's when she had that big um that big breakout season in in season four of Day Day Live. And Yor comes in at number two again because Free Ren was just like she literally blew me away. The two things, the two moments for me, um, what the show has been doing, like the moments that make Free Run number one for me, is that she reminisces about like her past, like, you know, like Himmel and, and Eisen and all of them. She reminisces about them, but she also is like learning as she goes along. It's like, hey, this is what they were telling me. This is what they were teaching me. And now I'm starting to understand it now, like 60 years in the future. Um, so that's one thing I really liked about Freebrand was her development. The second thing I really liked is just how much of a badass bitch she was. How much of a badass bitch she was. Um, well, let's put that third. Number two was just her thirst for knowledge and like her fucking like, like not like, like just caring more about like getting grimoires and like learning new spells and stuff like that. And it was like her own, her own personal uh, growth, like her interest in her own personal growth. Let's put that at number two. So number three was how much of a badass bitch she was. The scene where she's in jail and the demon comes to like get her and like the demon like throws that fucking string around her neck and he's like, I could fucking I could, you know, kill you right here. And she's like, I'm stronger than Aura. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh yeah, check this out. And like before he can even fucking blink, she fucking slices his arms off. And if this is what happens in anime. Like you'll have, you'll have um, somebody who gets fucked up, right? And they plead for their life, and like the main character will let them go, whatever. Uh not her. She fucking took both of this man's arms, this demon's arms, took both of his arms, and as he's pleading for his life, she's got his, she's got her hands wrapped around his neck. As he's pleading for his life. Bam. Chokes. Chokes him out. Done. Thanos snapped. Gone. That was the moment for me where it was just like, okay, like this, like free run. Badass bitch. But then you get to the fight with Aura. Right? You get to the fight with Aura. And like, it's barely even a fight. She's like not doing anything. But... 
when you find out she's hiding her fucking mana and like she releases her mana and like the skill like the music in that scene and you see the t- you see the scales tip and you see fucking Aura's eyes turn black. It's like and it's like me, like I'm fucking standing up. I'm like, oh shit. This woman walks away and without hesitation says, Aura, kill yourself. Without fucking hesitation. Without with even without a care. Because that's how much she hates demons. Like fucking badass a badass bitch um and like that moment like i knew like i was like she's she's number one she's number one she's number one because like that was happening along with like the your scene so like i'm watching i'm watching freeman and aura fight each other and then i'm watching your fuck up because it's like freeman when aired on friday and spy family aired on saturdays i'm watching freeman fucking up aura and then i'm watching your fucking up these spies so like it was back to back like gold for me, and then Mao Mao on Saturdays too was phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, but the aura scene just put free run over the top for me. Really put free run over the top for me. So, and yeah, that is the list, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go down the list one more time uh, for the males. Coming in at number ten was Yuzuki Hayato from the Yuzuki family's four sons. Andy from Undead Unlock. Uh, Ijo Rentero from 100 Girlfriends who really, 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 really love you. Eisen from Freerun. Uh, Alan Crawford was... Uh, hold on, let me run it back. Yuzuki was 10. Andy was 8, was 9. Uh, Rentero was 8. Eisen was 7. 6 is Alan Crawford from The Disgraced Noble Lady. Giving The Disgraced Noble Lady a crash course in naughtiness. 5 was Yuzuki Gakuto from the Yuzuki family's four sons. Four was Lloyd Forger from Spy Family. Three is Senku from Dr. Stone. Two is Stark from Free Ren. And number one was Sid Kagano from The Eminence in Shadow. Now, for the females, coming in at number 10 was Pencil Gone from Shangri-La Frontier. Coming in at number nine was Charlotte Evans from Giving the Disgrace Another Lady a Crash Course in Naughtiness. Coming in at number eight was Karine Inda from 100 Girlfriends. Seven was Shizuka Yoshimoto from 100 Girlfriends. Six was Nano EI from 100 Girlfriends. Number five was Fern from Freyrin. Number four was Delta from Eminence and Shadow. Number three was Mau Mau from the Apocalypse Diaries. Number two is Your Forger or Your, you know, Briar from Spy Family. And number one was Freyrin from Freyrin. So, um,. And with that, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Waifu and Weeaboos podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. If you're on Twitch, thank you for watching. I appreciate it. And if you're listening, uh, whatever platform you're on, whether you're on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, make sure you hit the subscribe button or the like button, whatever it is, uh, and you get to know when I drop a new episode going forward. Um, some episodes coming up. This um, upcoming week, we're going to have a special episode. Uh, where I'm going to, I'm going to talk, I'm going to, we're going to show live on Twitch, so make a Twitch account, all right? Um, we're going to show my top five openings and endings of 2023. We're going to stream that, 
we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to put that into my eventually into my 2023 review. Right, the 2023 review episode uh, will be up probably in the next two to three weeks. I got to get some things together. So the next um, the next live podcast will be Wednesday. Um, my top five openings and endings of the year 2023 and then the episode after that we're going to be doing another live podcast of my top five openings and endings of the winter season 2024 okay uh so make sure you follow on all social accounts uh waifus and weeaboos on facebook waifus and weeaboos on uh twitter um if you're if you're reading the synopsis, join the Discord. Discord, you get to know when I go live at all times or when I drop a new episode at all times. Um, so definitely want to join the Discord. Um, if you're looking for some of the best stickers, peekers, anime merchandise around, check out sukawai.com. Use the promo code source since they want to get five percent off your entire order. He now's the time to go to sukawai.com and check things out. I think they're clearing out a lot of their inventory, so. Definitely check out Sukawai.com. Uh, if you're looking for another great anime podcast, check out What Do You Say Anime. Um, Pete and the boys and girls from What Do You Say Anime are awesome. Check out them on YouTube and Spotify as well. And if you're looking for some other great podcasts in general, check out Geekscape.net. I'm on Geekscape.net. Check out Geekscape.net for a, a whole bunch of other talented um, podcasters and a uh, whole bunch of great shows as well. So check out geekscape.net. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Waifus and Weebus podcast. Again, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, hope to see you Wednesday. If not, definitely drop in the new episode um, next Sunday. And I will see you soon. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.